and welcome to Cardscast, a brand new football podcast all about Woking Football Club. Through this podcast, you'll hear roundtable discussions, match previews and reviews, interviews, as well as us sharing our favourite memories of players, matches and seasons from the past. My name is Glenn Harrington and I'm joined as ever by Jacob Greenwood to talk all about the latest goings on at the club over the last week, including back-to-back wins against Solihull Moors and Weymouth, a preview of the next two games against Chesterfield and Dagenham and Redbridge, as well as a look back at some of our favourite lone players to play for the cards. Before we get into it, remember to like, share and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. This week, we're going to start with something a little different, with Jacob speaking to Woking fan Harry Wheeler in the aftermath of Saturday's game against Solihull. Um, Harry, uh, what did you make of the performance, first of all? Positive. Um, I feel that with a new team, quite a few youngsters in it, um, we, we have that gelling period. Um, and I, I feel like usually us going 1-0 down seems to build a spark, you know, builds the motivation. But that second half, we were we were on top. It looked like we were playing as we were last season. I, I feel that we've got a lot to build on. There was a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives from the first half that we can build on to really, you know, set ourselves as a dominant dominant team in the league this year. Which of the uh, which of the players stood out for you? Who was your man of the match? Well, I I was torn between Napper and Cook. I, I feel Cook being centre-back, um, filling in for Ben while he's out. Um, you know, he was really, really positive. He's prone to one or two mistakes, but everyone is. But I feel like he was very strong at the back, nearly, obviously nearly scoring. Um, was also a, a positive, but Kane as well, coming back only playing probably an hour of pre-season. Kane's always very reliable. You know, you can always call on him to, to dominate that midfield, put his foot on the ball and, and start being a playmaker. Um, and Napa as well, he was very, very good, very good, very impressed with him. And hopefully we can keep him for more than past January. So, yeah, I'd say they're my three. Um, obviously, I think Spazov won the kind of the official uh, man of the match. And obviously he was one of the many new faces. Obviously, you've talked about uh, some of the other you know, new faces as well that have joined us uh, this season and for that game. Um, who impressed you or surprised you most uh, out of the new players? Uh, Tommy Block. Um, I always say that sometimes your best players are the ones that, you know, you can't really see what they're doing. But he was very good at, you know, trying to block off the space in between the midfield and the attack from Solihull. Um, strong in tackles, always wanting to win the first and second ball in the headers. Um, I feel that his experience coming from Hibernian, um, you know, is is priceless. Um, whatever level you play, the highest level of football, you know, you can always bring something to the team, something diverse, something different because you can get stuck in your ways and it always takes, you know, maybe one other player to bring a different dimension of football. And they're the key, they're the key things that can go and win your games. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think all of those players had really good debuts, which is really nice to see and, and all really fighting for the shirt, which is really important. Um, <laughs> there was a little bit of, of, of probably trepidation, I think, coming into the first game. Obviously, the squad kind of, a few players got signed quite late. Uh, I think a lot of people were saying, and Dallas himself actually, you know, just staying up's the target and everyone should just lower their expectations a little bit. But does this result 
change how you see us doing this season? It's, it's only one game, but you know, Solihull, a real big hitter, and um, we saw some impressive performances and um, an overall a good team performance. So, does, does this change how you, how you see the season going? Yeah, there's a lot of positives to take from it. Um, you know, we could have gone out there and fielding quite a young team, very inexperienced, they haven't really gelled a lot through pre season. We could have gone out of there and got and lost four or five nil. Um, we do this every year. We have a really great start to the year and we just need to be able to, you know, motor through through past Christmas and be in a position by Christmas where we can go, right, we're safe from relegation. We can park that bus. Let's now push. Push for playoffs because we know we can do it. Even when we're in the National League South, we know we can do it. We just need to have the belief there to, to really push it. We need to get rid of that small club mentality. You know, we're seasoned non-league team we know we can do it and we really need to start stamping our authority down saying look we are you know we're dominant in this league we want to go up we want to show that we are capable of playing professional football Harry Wheeler there with his thoughts on Saturday's game and Jacob since then another win and another three points on the board what did you make of it all? Yeah, what a, what a fantastic first week back, which is uh, yeah, well, not even a week yet, is it? It's just a few days, but it's, it's, it's been brilliant, really, I think. Um, you know, just a, just a chance to get to watch the team again, but getting the two victories as well um, has been brilliant, really, especially coming from behind against a team like Solihull. I think anyone that listened to the podcast last time probably heard a little bit of negativity. Uh, but I think one of the things that we did agree on was that, you know, this Woking team, you know, if they're up for a fight, they can beat anyone. And they certainly did on, on, on Saturday. And it was brilliant to follow that with a, a good performance and a win last night too. Absolutely. And uh, our predictions, our first predictions of the season, well and truly wrong. So uh, set the tone probably for the rest of the season ahead. But um, two two very different performances, I thought, but, but equally pleasing results, both um, to, to get the surprise win over Solihull I guess you can you can debate whether or not it was a surprise, but I think even without Adam Rooney up front, Solihull were able to sign another uh, former international and Jamie Ward, who obviously started up front, scored the penalty. Um, a, a fantastic show of of nerve to to I guess stay in the game at one nil and then then come back and get the win in the second half with a really good performance, and then to back that up on Tuesday as well, which is obviously something we we failed to do last season when we we lost the old shot. Um, to make it two wins out of two to to get the three points that were, in all fairness, probably expected of us at, at newly promoted Weymouth. But fantastic to see uh, a commanding performance and and us able to keep the ball um, and to to really show a different side of our game to what we were able to show on Saturday. I thought. Yeah, certainly. I just don't think you can take games like that for granted because I, I travelled up to Chorley last season, which was one hell of a trek on the train. And um, and we we were quite poor that day. It was, it was near the start of the season when we were on a really good roll. It's, it's, it's the day that Johnson got injured. Uh, we went one 0 down. We come back to draw one one. Gary got sent off, but you you kind of felt that we were second best for a lot of that game. Um, you know, and they ended up finishing the league. You know, with with very very few points. Um, you know, and, and Weymouth foreseeably could be the same this season. You know, newly promoted side, having invested heavily. All, all similar things to what Chorley did. So, you know, you've got to win those games. Um, so it was really good to, to see that. And such a commanding performance as well. I mean, it would have been a real 
crime, I think, if Weymouth would have scored late on. And they had a few kind of free kicks and, and they put it in the box. And in the end, they didn't look that threatening. But I thought, you know, if this goes in now, there's reason to be positive that this will be daylight robbery. Because I think in the end, they didn't have a shot, in, shot on target in the, in the whole game. Um, and as you say, you know, it's, it's just brilliant to to go uh, to a team like that and, and put a performance in. And actually, it's, it's a good point, I think, as you said about backing up that first win. Because last year, obviously, we were, everyone was so elated on the first day. Um, with the win at Dagenham, and then obviously to follow that up only only days later, um, you know, with with that defeat to Aldershot was was you know a bit of a pain. Obviously, we went then went on a, on a great run, which was which was brilliant. You just mentioned there actually, I think, uh, you know, about about the penalty that that Solihull got. Was that a penalty for you? I know there's been a bit of debate online. I don't think anyone can really agree, even after seeing the, the replay. I guess it's easy to say after we've won, but in my opinion. Yes, it was a penalty, albeit an extremely soft one. And I think that there was kind of a coming together, wasn't there? I think it, it was probably Collier that just clipped clipped his heels. Uh, it, it looked essentially like he just saw their, their feet knocked together and the player was obviously any excuse to go down was, was going to take it. Um, just, just really silly to, to try and make or to risk any contact in that area and I'm sure he didn't mean to do it but you know he's, he's literally a couple of inches from the from the byline he's going away from goal he's not really got any support there's another there's two defenders on him all they need to do is shepherd him out of play you just you're asking for trouble if you put a foot in um, so very very soft went down very easily can't debate any of that but yes for me probably a penalty yeah, yeah, I think I'm in the same camp as you. Really, it's just, it was so avoidable, wasn't it? And you give you give a player like that just just the slightest chance, and they're, and they're going to take it, especially when they're running, as you say, away from goal and the balls essentially going out for a goal kick or something. But I guess on 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 the reverse of that is ever since they went one 0 up, we kind of came into the game a little bit more with, I guess, seemingly nothing to lose, and, and then really grew in confidence. So. You know, again, that that is possibly you know when you when you're playing a team that you think are are going to cause you problems and you drop deep and, and you're a little bit nervous. You know, coming out against them can, can be good. So I guess you know, in, as you say, it's easy to say now you've won. We could have gone on to lost four 0 and been like it was the penalty, but actually it kind of you know not woke us up, but we were awake. But it, it probably changed the game plan slightly and and made the players think you know let's go toe to toe with them, and we did, and, and we looked really good when we did that. And, and a lot of the younger players probably get a lot of confidence from that, and, and we're really flying. You know, especially come the middle of the second half in the spell where we got the goals, it was, you know, it was really good to see. Yeah, I have to say I was fearful. I think after those first twenty minutes, they they kept the ball very well. They were getting Gleeson on the ball in the middle of the park, and I know we spoke about him in last week's podcast when we were previewing the game as he would be one to watch with all of his experience and games at higher level and things. And I thought he really shone for those sort of first 15, 20 minutes while they were on top. And for me, I think the turning point was that Jack Cook clearance <laughs> and into a almost one of the best goals I think probably has ever been seen at Woking. Um, just a shame that obviously it didn't just drop under the crossbar. It did drop under the crossbar and the goalkeeper had to make a very, very good save. But I think until that point, we didn't really feel like we were in the game. We couldn't get our foot on the ball. We weren't having any possession. It was backs to the wall stuff. It was 1-0. It could have been... It could have been two or three. I think Craig Ross made one very, very good double save, which should be mentioned. Um, it just seemed to spark us into life almost, that we managed to have this this bizarre chance out of nothing. And, and from that moment on, we, we started to show a bit more intent. The, the closing down seemed to be happening a lot, a lot quicker. 
um, just whether whether they they sort of shook off some early nerves and the fear factor went and and when they obviously Dallas got them in at half time and probably gave them a little bit of a talking to and said you know there's nothing to there's really nothing to fear here there's a solid whole team that have still got new players bedding in themselves that are still getting to grips with a new season they, they didn't they didn't look perhaps as good as we were expecting they were missing a couple of players obviously that we mentioned um, and second half I thought you know it was we were unlucky just to get two. You had the keeper free kick that was tipped over very well. A couple of other half chances as well. Really, I think, you know, we were we were more than good value for the three points. And then just to reflect back on the, the Weymouth game there that you, you mentioned. And again, I think you say backing backing it up with the with the performance, but I think Weymouth are gonna be in for a, a real struggle this season. And kind of was reading some some complimentary stuff which makes a nice change on their board after the game saying that you know that Woking looked to a playoff side that it was a, a one nil thrashing as far as <laughs> the, those results are possible and as you say I think what was was really the, the, the key thing is that that's the sort of game that in past seasons we would have thrown it away we would have drawn we would have lost um, despite having dominated possession had x number of chances just really, really great that, that we were able to close it out so comfortably. And as you say, I don't think Craig Ross had a save to make. You, you couldn't really wish for, for too much more from those two games. No, definitely. It's uh, And really, you know, contrasting games as well, aren't they? I think in terms of, you know, how you have to approach them as a team. So it was good to get those, um, you know, those games under our belt, I think, and, and have probably vastly different tactics in the games and, you know, and, and we've looked we've looked good value for, for for both victories really. And you know, it was it was actually really good that we got that goal last night as well. It it did look like one of those, you know, as a cynical football fan where you think, oh, we've had a few chances here, especially from the set pieces where we were looking really dangerous that I mean the corners. Um, you know, a couple of them I think almost just went in. Like I the camera was a little bit jerky and couldn't really follow the flight of the ball. But some of them looked like they almost just ended up in the net with a keeper all over the place and he's singing it is gonna be one of those nights where we just don't take our chance. But you know, a, a great goal um for, from Spazov the delivery from Casey was was you know absolutely class. Um and, and great to see Spazov on the um on the score sheet as well, um, you know, a young player who's not played too much first team football, you know, to, to play how he did in the first game, for him to then back that up with the goal in the second game is is really promising signs. And it's, it's really impressive for him that he's, he's managed to keep someone like Connor Hall. I'm not sure if Hall had a knock or something, because obviously he wasn't in the squad for the first game, maybe tactical because Wareham was on the bench. But, you know, keeping someone like Hall out of the squad is is massive, I should think, for a player like him. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's talk a bit more about kind of players that have stood out over these last couple of games I know you put the tweet out today via the Everything Woking account just to ask supporters on their kind of key key players those that stood out for against either Solihull or Weymouth and there were two names that came back very very consistently and one of those was Slavi Spazov who as you say got the goal against Weymouth and I thought played really really well against Solihull as well and I think for a, a young lad I don't know if he's 18, 19, something like that. The the hold-up play, I thought, was something we've really been missing in recent seasons. The fact that he was able to play with his back to goal, play that lone striker role, take the ball in, hold it up, lay it off, keep possession, crucially. And I thought, actually, that was something that, despite all his goals, Jake Hyde often struggled with. And I'm not going to sit here after two good games and say that, you know, we found the solution to losing our star striker. But 
the signs are promising, definitely, I would say. Yeah, and you're right as well. It's not even just like the centre forward play. There were just moments where, you know, he has the ball out wide or deep and, you know, just shows the pace or the skill to just beat a player and, and do something. Um, and there was some, there was, a, there was a moment last night where he just, you know, he made uh, Wayne was left, either left back or the left centre back. He just ran circles around him. And I think, you know, then I think he got fouled. Um, and then we, we got something from that or, you know, and it was, it was really nice to see that kind of thing rather than the striker, as you say, that just stands in the box and goes, well, give me the ball then. Because uh, we've got so many other good attacking players that, you know, if, if he could do that work as well, that'd be brilliant. And you saw that with the assist against Solihull, I think. I mean, what's really impressive about that is the way he didn't, A, he wasn't greedy and thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to, I'm going to turn and smash this in because I want my goal. Um, and just the composure as well. I mean, you must it must be quite nervous to to think, you know, on my debut, um, you know, all these things. But to pick out Kane and roll the ball back to him, a good ball as well, just to slot it in the corner was 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 really good. Um, and as you say, promising signs. Yeah, definitely. I was I was going to mention that Solihull assist actually because the the intelligence as well to to not panic to to pick his head up with his back to goal sort of four five yards out goalkeeper behind him defenders around him see Kane there in a better position how many strikers have we had over the last five ten years that would have you know tried a back heel or fallen over (laughs) who knows Um, I think that just before we come on to the second one that that's kind of been mentioned several times on Twitter today. We should also quickly mention uh, Malaki Napa as well, obviously another Oxford United loanee and, and one that Harry picked out from the game against Solihull. And I thought, back that up with a, another good performance last night as well. What do you think? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the pace he's got is incredible. The work rate, the desire... You know everything really. It's it's really it's really nice to see that because I think was we mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, it was always you know gonna be really difficult to replace a player like Loza, and I think that we we did struggle, um, you know, without him at times over the years where we've not had a player with that you know raw pace as an outlet, um, which can be tricky. So I think yeah, once you have that in there, his tracking back everything is just it's just brilliant. And um, and obviously I guess the great thing about signing the two. Oxford players at the same time is they will have played a lot together in you know the under-23s or reserves or you know whatever they've been doing um, so they have a little bit more understanding as well but yeah he's he's looked he's looked really exciting uh, and I gather he's played this level before I think he was at Macclesfield I'm not sure if that was when they were in League 2 or if that was in one of their conference seasons I think that was League 2 and he's, he's got about 20 games for Oxford in League 1 under his belt as well and I'm going to push the boat out now and say Napa's better than Laser um, be that controversial or not I know it's only being judged on the basis of well, four games, including two friendlies, but I think he's obviously coming back from a broken leg, um, which is sort of solely, I think, the reason that he's at Woking. If you look at what Oxford fans think about him, they seem to hold him in very high esteem. They seem to have very high hopes of him. He was obviously on the verge of breaking into the first team a couple of years ago. He's got sort of 40 games Football League experience. I think if we can keep hold of him for, you know, at least till January, I think he could do really, really well. I think the more games he gets under his belt, then the better he's going to get. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, and that's a good point. Actually, you say it's not directly said about Loza, but this whole kind of thing that um, you know, Dallas always says, you know, if players don't want to be at Woking, fine, let them leave. And that's always quite a difficult thing to hear. I think when you know you're seeing Diara leave, and you're seeing Poku leave, and Loza leaves, and Hyde leaves, and 
you know, you, you just like, what's going on here? But, you know, ultimately, I, I think performances like that one against Solihull are only possible if every single person there is like, I'm going to put everything on the line today, really go for it. Because the players you're playing against are probably, you know, more skillful than you maybe, have played at a higher level. And I think that it's been really refreshing to see the lone players really, really fight and be a part of the cause and not be like, well, I'm on loan and I'm going back in a month, so whatever, mm. I just need to get minutes, it's fine. Bit of fitness, you know, this kind of thing. Um, it's really nice to see them kind of knuckle down and, and then hopefully, you know, that really integrate them in the squad and then when it, you know, comes to the, the renewal of the loan, I'll say, well, actually, you know, I'm enjoying it here. I feel a part of the team and the club, you know, and I, I want to stick around. So that's um, one of the real positives about that small team mentality as well, isn't it, that... Um, I think Harry talks about as well um, and, and that's a big part of it is you know you've got to have everyone pulling in the same direction and that's been really nice to see Yeah I definitely concur with that I think both Spazov, Napa, and it has to be mentioned Sal Shotton as well at centre-back all look immediately bought in motivated and kind of here for the ride rather than just you know the attitude that we've seen of some players in the past of where it's two, three games maybe, like say, a bit of fitness and then I'll be off. But just uh, I think we, we can't hold off any longer without mentioning the player that has received overwhelmingly positive feedback, both from Harry on, on Twitter today, across the forum and at every platform that you look at. And that, that is Jack, who's been a real, real success from these first two games. You think probably signed to play right back again this season um possibly hard to, hard to say at this point but through circumstance with Ben Gehring's injury Musa Diara's move to Haven um, Sam Cartwright as well we believe um picked up a knock as well um in training with Peterborough so that's delayed the start of his loan um so you've you've kind of got Jack Cook as one of your only options alongside Shotton and he's done really really well hasn't he yeah, yeah, he's 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 been and yeah, and again another player with a point to prove in that position. You know, not his place in the team, but in that you know that specific position. So um, that's been good to see. Yeah, obviously almost called a, a screamer as well. Although you called it a clearance instead of a shot, um, which you know we'll have to. We'll if have he to meant that, out. then well, he should be playing football league. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's been really good to see, and, and obviously he's quite integrated in the team as well. So I think he is kind of a real leader. Um, you know, in that team as well so that's that's been really good to see um and yeah just again like he was just he's just all over not all over the pitch in a bad way but last night he just kept cropping up and you know getting the big tackles in and, and really leading the line which is I think what you really especially when you've got someone like Shotton I think who is you know a younger player yeah technically that that'll be good but you know when they come in and, and they're, they're on loan and, and you know they're quite young and they, they might have played a lot of under 23 to football and stuff like this where it's not as competitive and and physical it's really good to have someone like Cook alongside him as well um, so it's an interesting dilemma for Daz to have isn't it I think once you know everything's settled um, you know but I think that kind of choice is, is exactly what you need um, and options as well because I think this time last week when we were talking before we went and signed you know hundreds of players on the on the final <laughs> day before the season we were like oh we're a little bit light here and there was a lot of players signed on dual registration and you know out on loan and this kind of stuff and like, I don't know but yeah then after the first week you know you're looking at it as well in, in a few positions to saying, well this guy can play you know a few positions which I think you know in a season like this you're just going to have to have um, players that can do that so so that's that's been good so I guess the only other thing for, for, from Cook and I think we were talking about the, the set the corners being a lot better is you know someone like him and especially Gary when he comes back and 
Shotton as well, that the players like this are going to be thinking, you know, I could be getting goals this season from set pieces. Mm. And that's it without Matt Jarvis on the pitch. I mean, he's, his deliveries are, are really good as well. So, uh, yes, there's some really good options there. And I, I think you were mentioning earlier that obviously that right back position, um, you've been a big fan of Collier. You want to give Collier a shout out based on his, mm. his role in the first two games. I did, yeah. I know he gave away the penalty. Um, and I know his performance against Solihull wasn't perfect. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he should be our first choice right back for the rest of this season because I'm not under any illusions that he, he isn't a National League standard first choice right back. But with the amount of... The amount of... <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. The amount, of, the, the amount of comments that he's got on social media or whatever else, saying, "Yeah, oh, why have we signed this guy again?" and he's he's not good enough. He shouldn't be in the team. He just makes mistakes. But he's played two games. We've conceded one goal, which was a penalty. Yes, I know he gave it away, um, but he's held his own. He's not looked out of place, in my opinion, and he's done exactly the job that Dallas has brought him in to do, which is to provide cover, to be, you know, a steady Eddie, um, turn in those sort of six out of 10 performances. He's safe. He's not, not taking any risks. He's been solid. Um, and I think he deserves a bit of credit because he doesn't get an awful lot of it. Well, here, here's for that. Um, I just have one, one other observation on, on Jack Cook, actually, as well. And I don't know if you'll, you'll agree with this or not, or if it's a, a little bit of a reach on my part, but... I've noticed that he's been playing a fair bit higher um, and I wonder if he's got an extra yard of pace this season and I, I wonder if that's a benefit of having played right back for a year is that he's had to get himself fitter, he's had to try and find a little bit of extra pace and he looks a bit more comfortable and a bit more confident than he did you know, two years ago when he was playing in that position in Conference South. He's, he seems comfortable to kind of sit on the halfway line to, to make those sort of flying tackles that you mentioned. Um, and I think maybe that that year playing out of position might might really benefit his game, and maybe he is now ready to play centre back in in the national league. I guess uh, we'll we'll find out over the next few weeks whether that's true. Yeah, but yeah, potentially you're right. They're playing that wing back role um, now, which you have to in modern football, don't you? Um, you know, even if you're playing a four at the back, it's just expected that your wing-backs will attack and, and go forwards. Uh, yeah, Liverpool, a great example where it's just like, yeah, they defend, but also they put in like so many crosses uh, for so many assists in the season and, and you do really have to bomb forward. And I think, yeah, we've seen it many times with Cook, you know, kind of bombing forward, um, you know, even if it looks a little bit out of character sometimes. But again, that will that will only benefit you, I think. And that's what we need as well. Someone who's good in the air, but also is quite quick. And I think that's where Gerin also improved, wasn't it? When he stepped up from the, the South to the, to the National League was, I think, in the Conference South, sometimes teams would just chip the ball over his head and run in behind and that was it. And, you know, obviously in the summer, he got a lot fitter and, and you know, got ready for that a little bit more um, and was prepared and, and then, yeah, really looked a class above the, the next season. So that is a really important attribute, um, which is, yeah, it's great to see players, I think, working on that and realising that that's such, a, such, an, such an important uh, aspect. Yeah, definitely. Um, one final reflection then from these last two games, and it's just to pick up on a point that, that Harry made to you, and that's that the midfield is looking quite impressive. I think Kane, with his goal um, and kind of his all-round play, really stood out against uh, Solihull. 
Uh, Charlie Cooper, I think his delivery from set pieces has been exceptional. Uh, his corners and then also his free kicks, as, as I mentioned, unlucky not to not to get a goal against Solihull. And Tommy Block as well, uh, signed from Hibernian, but probably better known in these parts for his time with Bogner um, in Conference South. Um, looks looks a real find from Dows and, and plays in a position that we've we've been missing someone probably, I'd argue, since Mark Ricketts. He's been able to break up the play, get his foot on the ball, distribute consistently. Uh, and those three as a trio look really quite impressive, I thought. Yeah, they do. And we said this actually, I think, from the Dorking game in pre-season. We were like, that looks really impressive. A lot of energy. You know, they're really... I've got something right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And then I think there was, the, the thing about that was, is we, we saw that from the Dorking game and went, yeah, that looks really good as, as a whole system. And then in the Hampton game, obviously, Block went to right back and, you know, it just, it just wasn't the same system and it didn't work. So it was just a little bit like, well... It has worked before, so, and that was, you know, good that we, you know, we didn't go well, you know, with Cook has to play centre back, so let's just put Block at right back and go for that because I think he was kind of wasted there, even if he can play there technically. So, yes, yeah, it's been good to have him there, and you know, it's almost like I think you're taking the aspects of past players. You talk of Ricketts, some of the tacklings like Poku, except they're not fouls, so he's not getting booked every five minutes, and you know, it's not, you know, stupid fouls as well. Sometimes, which they could be. Um, mm. you know, giving, it, giving it away like on the edge of the box or something, which is good. And, but it's then to just win that back, not give away a foul, but then have the ball and then do something with it is just, you know, that's such a better option than just having a, a player that's quite siloed in terms of, well, I can do this one thing and I'm going to do it, which is sometimes what you get in non-league. And that's why players play in non-league, because if they could do it all, they'd be in the football league. Um, but it's, it's been brilliant to see that. Um, and as you say, it's, it's not even just that. It's some of the aspects of the set pieces and other things like that. It's just great to have those options. Um, and it does, I think, at times, and again, I think we have talked about this before, you know, when you don't have that midfield, you, teams can just run through you, and I've seen it at Kingfield in you know in recent history where we've had kind of weak sense of midfielders, and teams have won the ball back on the edge of their own box and just sprinted forwards, and it's just been in space, and then we've you know been on the under the caution, and, and then that's that. So it's it's really nice to see that, um, and I think you're going to need that, you know when you're playing against maybe technically better players, is to to have a little bit of everything, and having that competitive edge is is going to be really important. I'm excited. Would you say that we've now got a block in midfield? Uh, I would say that's a terrible uh, pump <laughs> to throw in there, but it's uh, it's almost impossible not to say. It, I think when you talk about him, because that is just something you might associate with him doing, which which is good. I think that's uh, it's certainly not a bad thing, is it? Yeah, and I I find it really refreshing. Actually, I think they complement each other really well as a trio. I think you're right in that sense. I think Kane looks like a new player. I think he's he's given a bit more freedom by having two maybe slightly more defensive-minded midfielders alongside him rather than him having to play that role. We've, we've seen him kind of have to play that four or six role before. Um, and as you say, I think last season you had Kane as kind of a consistent member of the midfield, but then you know, Poku didn't play every game. Dallas didn't really seem to fancy him. Kind of suggestions that he gave away too many cheap free kicks and things in dangerous positions. And then other than that, you're quite reliant on lone players. I thought, you know, Ben Dempsey and a couple of others stood out at times last season. But as I say, really refreshing that it looks like we've got a settled midfield three and they're all ours rather than being reliant on someone that might not be here in a couple of months. 
Yeah, massively. I think that that's really important as well. And, and yeah, and again, it, when players leave, it can be frustrating as well. But then it gives you the opportunity to look at some some other ones. You know, we we probably would have kept Pocket and Donald and players like that if if we'd been given the chance to. So the fact that we've managed to to get these is 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 a real positive. And I think actually they they said that I can't remember if it was Block or Cooper. It might be Cooper actually that said in his signing on interview with with David Holmes. Oh, you know, I've played, you know, quite a lot of pre-season and I'm, you know, I'm enjoying playing with, you know, the team and where I am and actually with the other players. And I think that probably alludes to playing with someone like Block where they have that understanding together. And um, that's, that's going to be really important, I think, as, as the season goes on. And again, as you say, it's such an important role on the pitch. I don't think you can roll in players on, you know, month-long loan deals have them play in midfield and for it to just work seamlessly um that doesn't always seem to seem to work so it's good to have that as you say they're actually signed players and we know they're not going anywhere which is um yeah which which is a real asset and hopefully a good sign for the rest of the season definitely let's turn our attention then to the next two games uh we are away to chesterfield on saturday and then at home to dagham and redbridge on tuesday two teams without a point to show from their efforts so far should be noted of course that chesterfield have only played the one game i think i believe wildstone was their their first weekend opponent and that game was called off due to a waterlogged pitch um but they went down to a 2-1 defeat at home to Hartlepool um, last night. Uh, red card as well for the striker Scott Bowden in that game as well that's worth mentioning. Uh, and then Dagnum um, to a 2-0 away defeat to Halifax on the opening day. And then probably a little bit of a surprise beaten 2-1 at home by Barnett last night who were obviously um, on the end of a, a bit of a thrashing by EC on the opening day. So so another six points there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, if we produce to lose again, then then it'll be sure fine that we win. So maybe we should we should do that. But you're right. Bowden's actually a big loss. I didn't realise he'd got a red card because he scored against us last season. Um, and he's a player who's, who just scores goals at this level. That's kind of what he does. So um, that that'll be an interesting one. Um, Denton, I think, is another one who. For most yeah. enthusiasts of, of, I think it was the, the Kim Grant season where we ended up getting relegated. I think Denton was on loan. Uh, I didn't well, we've, got, we've, got, we've got our favourite loan players bit still to come, so hold, hold on to that one. <laughs> Damn, I, I never realised he was so young when he was with us. Um, I was stunned yeah. when he was playing about five years ago, but it's like he's still playing and he's still like a. His goal record's actually really good as well. I know he's, he's, he's unfashionable, but he does get the job done at a lot of clubs that he goes to. Yeah, yeah, he he, he does, um, and he's you know I was actually I was talking to some Chesterfield fans in in the lead up to this game, and and you know they were saying you know he he is that kind of he's not pretty in terms of his play, but you know he can win the ball in the air, and also he can bring it down and flick it on, and these kind of things, and you need that in in the league. Like there's no point you know trying to be too clever and think well we're going to play you know we're going to be Barcelona, although Barrow did quite well, you know. Mm doing that kind of model but you do need that kind of player especially when the chips are down to to play up front and hassle you so no but again you know our centre backs I don't think he's got a lot of pace Denton but you know if they're hoofing the ball up to him then we're just going to have to hope um, you know that the, the, the centre backs uh, you know are comfortable with, with getting rid of it so yeah again it's really difficult because I don't think Chesterfield have really built on their squad from last season and last season you know was a disaster for them 
um, you know, they're really like wanting to bounce back to the football league and they're actually just lucky to stay in the division eventually, you know, and I think what we've learned in recent years seeing, you know, teams like Stockport slip into the conference North, nobody can be sure of their position in the national league. So, you know, don't get too far ahead of yourself. So it'll be a tricky game. Uh, hopefully the players, you know, the Woking players are really pumped up for it thinking, Oh, Chesterfield, big name, big club and go into it. Like it's a cup tie. Because if Chesterfield then aren't very good, that would be, you know, brilliant. I think where we're sometimes, uh, you know, susceptible is, is when you go into games thinking this lot of rubbish. And then it's, you know, we, we really struggle, um, you know, in those type of games. So, um, so that, yeah, tough game. Um, and then Dagenham as well, as you say. I'm not too sure, actually. Obviously, there's been a lot going on over the, the extended summer. But Dagenham, although they seem to be every season, seemed quite confident that this was going to be their year. And then two games they in. They've a lot of money this summer. Well, certainly a lot of money in terms of wages, at least, this summer, haven't they? Because they, they've obviously signed um, McCallum from well, Solihull. I think he was at last season and did very well at Barnet on loan. He's uh, done well at Eastleigh in the past. And they've, they've picked up a few others as well. But it doesn't seem to be happening for them at the moment. And... You know, two clubs, I think, as you were sort of starting to touch on there, that with fan bases that have quite high expectations. Chesterfield, obviously a massive club for this level, but probably at the lowest point possibly in their, in their club's history, certain recent, certainly recent history. And then Dagnum, as you say, every year is their year and it, it, it never proves to be. No, no, yeah, yeah. Last season was very underwhelming, wasn't it? I think that they thought it was going to be their year on the opening day, and then and then we won there, and and these kind of things. So, but again, you know, you look at team Dagenham now. To me, I think they still think of themselves as a football league team that are just hanging around in the in the national league, but they're deserving places back there. But I, you know, I really think they've kind of established themselves. You know, unfortunately for them, as a, na- a real national league side now, um, you know, same as teams like Aldershot that. You know, I noticed that kind of when every player signs, they're like, we're taking this club back to where we belong. And it's like, <laughs> honestly, you belong in the conference. Like, let's just get that straight. Um, it's, just, it's just one of those kind of things. But those expectations can weigh heavy on players. They really can, especially if that's what everyone around the club is talking about. If Dagenham are going, yeah, got to get promotion, got to get this, got to get that. And then, you know, it, you know, it's, it's tricky if, if, you, if you start with a couple of defeats or, or bad results. So it'd be interesting to see what they do at the weekend. But then, yeah, I think at Kingfield... Um, you know, it's tricky. Does it matter that you're playing at home with no fans? Probably does. I think, you know, it will probably still benefit us, but it'll certainly be a tough game, but one that we should, you know, be confident of, of giving them a game in. Yeah, definitely. I think two teams that will have, that will be probably quite low on confidence against a team that, you know, theoretically in Woking should be flying. Um, one other interesting point I thought that just worth picking up on is two teams with, either relatively or completely new managers, um, Chesterfield with former Kidderminster boss uh, John Pemberton um, and Dagnum with Daryl McMahon, who we obviously will remember well from, from Ebsfleet. Um, is there a case perhaps of, of two teams that are still acclimatising, not just to all their new players, but to new managers and new systems as well? And That did feel kind of like the start of last season, didn't it? I mean, we kind of started like a rocket and a lot of our team was retained... Um, or from they were re-signed from various points in the season, um, you know, which, which which was brilliant. And so we kind of knew each other, and it was us versus the world. And a lot of the players were kind of new to the league, and yeah, a lot of the teams we played, we were kind of surprised by that as they were all kind of gelling still. You know, whether they had new managers or not, they were still you know getting their squads together and, and looking for some consistency. I mean, County started off terribly, if I, if I remember that, and then they went on an unbelievable run, and and mm. you know, 
that that's how it how it happens sometimes so yeah you've just got to kind of think you know take the the, the positives out of you are where you are and if we can try and get the points on the bird up board early uh, and then hopefully not drop off as much as last season that'd be great but I think it is a real asset if you do start strong and catch those teams that are just still adapting and then that kind of but you know we're kind of adapting too which is why it's so impressive that we've got these two wins I think Um, because even a team like Weymouth I mean they've relatively kept most of their squad the same Um, and you know top end of the conference south that standard as we know isn't isn't poor by any means you know so to look as strong as we did against them even though we've got quite a lot of new players um, was really impressive. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's use it to our advantage. And uh, obviously we've, we've come off a, a great start last week. So if I was going to push you for a prediction again this week, uh, if we start with, with Chesterfield, you've got your head in your hands already. That's not yet started. <laughs> a prediction with Chesterfield for Saturday. Uh, I, think it, I think it actually will be a tough game. Um, I'll go for 1-1. Oh, I was going to go for 1-1 as well. Yeah, it definitely won't be um, one then if that's what we were going to do. <laughs> yeah, four three, uh, um, and then Dagnum on Tuesday. I'll go for two one Woking. A bit more positive. I don't want to go the same again, but I was I was thinking a, a narrow win. I'll go two nil, and I think uh, I, I can. I can envisage the pressure being on McMahon already, possibly cool. after a, another defeat. Early those those Dagenham fans don't, don't seem to uh, take too kindly to their promotion challenge being derailed in all in uh, the first month first month of the season. I was going to say August, but it's obviously not August. Um, <laughs> there you go. So another another four points then, according to our predictions. So I look forward to coming on to discuss two defeats with you next week. <laughs> Um, yeah, fingers fingers crossed. crossed that won't be the case and uh, be uh, another positive positive week for Wankford fans. Um, just one other um, point that I thought would be nice to mention and that was the academy side in FA Youth Cup action on Monday night, I believe, at a, a 7-0 win against Three Bridges. I have to admit, I don't know anything about Three Bridges or if uh, that sort of size of result was expected. Um, but hat-tricks for both Jaden Wareham and Salim Saeed, who both have first-team contracts uh, this season. And uh, another positive result for, for the young young boys. It's a real shame that the Surrey Senior Cup's not taking place this year, really, because it'd been good to see these players getting a run out in that competition where we obviously signed so many academy players into the first team. So, um, yeah, watching the game the other night, it was so exciting watching the players play. There was just so much pace and energy. And, and yeah, we it did look... I mean, I don't... As you say, I don't know just how the youth league setups work and, you know, how far ahead of them we are. But, I mean, it looked like... A, a complete mismatch, but I think that's just because we look so good and, and so comfortable. It's great to see that. And and just listening to some of those academy players when they've signed as well, obviously they've come from other academies and, and, you know, things like that. So that they're highly regarded and, and want to come to Woking because of the facilities and the opportunity. So it's, uh, it'll certainly be, you know, exciting if, if they do get a chance in the, in the first team and can take it um, because we've seen a lot of good ones come through in recent years and it looks like this crop are just as good, but it's just astounding how young they are as well. It's always got to be remembered. So if they do get a chance, like, I guess we don't want to see the pressure on them too much. And that's why I thought the Senior Cup would be nice because it's a little bit kind of like pressure off, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe next year. Yeah, I, um, for those that don't know, I, I write the uh, profile pages on the Waking website, the squad profile pages. And um, as part of that, you have to 
uh, the date of birth. And um, a couple of the academy lads I didn't know, so I tweeted um, Leo Hamblin and just asked him for, for his birthday. Um, and anyone that says 2003 should not be allowed to play. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, that's too young. <laughs> I don't like it. And anyone born in the 21st century is still bizarre to me. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think we're officially old, aren't we? Yeah, I actually went through it um, the other day, and I am only younger than two players now. I don't think that's Collier and Jarvis, which is by quite a distance, actually. But uh, yeah, it, it does. Yeah, you do realise you're past it at that stage. I'm never going to make it for Wokey now. I think I'm probably saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're both in that boat. Let's move uh, move swiftly on. Uh, so the final uh, talking point today was. Uh, just have a look back at some of our, our favourite loan players off the back of the early success of Slavi Spazov, Malachi Napa, uh, and Sal Schotten as well. Um, just, uh, I guess, an open question really to you, Jacob, um, who, who stands out from, from years gone by. I think Marriott was really exciting because um, I think when we signed him, we were kind of struggling for goals and, and he came in and really answered those questions, which was good. Um, his second spell, I was so excited when he signed for the second time on loan, um, but he didn't really live up to the, the potential from the first time. I think that's because he was out injured and he kind of came back to us for fitness and to regain form. And it, it never really happened, which was a bit of a shame. And it's, um, it's, been, it's been brilliant to see how he's gone on in his career. But he was, he was so exciting, um, I think, watching him going forward. Because he, he was one of those players that when you watched him, you were like, you are better than this level. Um, you know, and it, that's always great when they're on our side and, and not the other side. Um, and th- th- yeah, there's been a few over the years. I think uh, yeah, another one that, that stood out for me in kind of more recent times was Jaden Stockley, actually, who um, he just gave us another dynamic. And I think that was the season we had quite a poor pitch uh, at home. There was a lot of sand on the pitch. And I think we just kind of went, you know what, screw it. We're going to go along a few times, put a few balls in the box. And I remember, especially that Luton game, we won 3 1. Where Billy Knott scored, Andre Gray scored for, for Luton actually, and then I think Stockley got the, the two goals to, to win it for us. And it yeah, was just I remember like, that again. Luton was just trying to play proper football, and we were like, well, it's sand on the pitch, we'll just hoof it. And it was, it was really good, but he, obviously he went on to have a great career as well. But he just, he, when you watched him, you were like, you are a proper striker, which is good because I think in and around that time, we signed another, a few lone forwards, um, and they were, were not as successful, I'll put it that way. But I, I don't know who stands out for you. Yeah, I think um, I, I tried to look more at players that were, were sort of proper loan players, as I'd call them, rather than players that went on to sign permanently. Because you could mention the likes of Kieran Murta, Scott Rendell, who um, went on to to play many more games for Woking and with with great success. Um, I guess if you look more recently, um, you've got another couple of Oxford lads in Armani Little and, and Harvey Bradbury, who had. It's kind of contrasting fortunes in that Bradbury burst onto the scene with with that was it four goals in the first two games, then picked up a knock, came back, and then struggled thereafter. Although, you know, we were we were talking before we started recording about the the memorable goal at Oxford as well, which will always be remembered. Um, and then Armani, I guess, uh, far more understated at the beginning, playing midfield, but grew grew into his role as the season went on and ended up being a real key player and, and arguably the one of the main reasons that we got promoted um, I guess if you, you, you look back a, a bit further you, you've, you've already mentioned Marriott Stockley and, and Billy Knott there as well and I know we uh, went a brief brief reminisce about Chris Sharpland as well before we started 
yeah, I think obviously a really impressive, like, well, you know, that'd be one of my first ever lone players that I would even remember, I guess, and really tore it up and, and still holds the record, I think, of the of the most expensive signing, and which turned out to be a sad, sad tale in the end, I guess. But, um, you know, that's probably why we don't buy players for big fees anymore. That probably set the standard for years and years. It was like, well, let's not do that again, because, you know, if, if they get an injury and, and then that's it. So um, it just, yeah, it just, it, but it's the same format, isn't it? You know, a player comes out from a, a you know, really top academy or, you know, youth team and, looking for games and, and they can tear it up in the National League. It's a really good stage for them to play on. So, uh, yeah, a shame for a shame for Sharkin, certainly. But, um, yeah, that was one for, really one from yesteryear. And uh, if anyone wants to feel a little bit younger, um, you'll like to know that Sharplin, we found out, is still in his 30s, which I personally could not believe, considering he signed for Woking almost 20 years ago. Um, but he was only a teenager at the time. Um, and he's uh, coming up to 40 now. So, uh, uh Early happy birthday to, to Chris Sharplin when he arrives. Um, I hope whatever he's doing now, he's uh, he's enjoying himself and he's uh, still able to kick a ball around from time to time. Uh, no, it's been a, a real shame that uh, how his his career was obviously de- derailed by injury. But uh, before we finish, uh, any uh, any I guess uh, slightly more unfortunate loans you'd 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 like to reflect on any that that went the other way. Yeah, I think I think one that was really interesting was um, I think in the season kind of where we we went through a few loan signings to play centre forward. Ladapo was one of them, uh, Freddie Ladapo, and and you know he just looked he looked terrible really, and and you know he, you know he went back away and, and these things, and, and then he, he he's done really well for himself and he's made a good career. But you know I guess it's that thing of when you take players in at such a young age. Um, you know, just expecting them to be able to play in the conference because they've been good in an academy side or something like that. It's just, I guess it's unrealistic sometimes. But I, I think those ones are quite funny. Some of the players that have come in on loan and we thought, oh, they're not very good. Um, you know, and then they go away and they actually have a really good career as opposed to the ones, yeah, McComa was the other one that from a few seasons ago, which is always my go-to person whenever I talk about centre midfielders or loan players or whatever that, you know, they look miles out of their depth and then, shock horror, it turns out they were out of their depth and they, they dropped the league and you know, you know they they, they really they really dropped down and they were just never meant to play at that level. So it's uh, I don't know who your kind of uh, worst ones, if that's the best thing to say. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking before, weren't we? Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that Freddie Ladapo has got a Premier League game for Crystal Palace under his belt only uh, what three four years after leaving Woking. So that's that's just crazy to think about to me. Um, mentioned Carl Vassell, um, who had 45 minutes on loan in uh, 2010, was hooked at half-time and never appeared again. He's gone on to have a good career at championship level. Um, he was only 17 when he came to Woking. And I think it just shows that some of these players, they come, they all come so young and some of them are, are, are far more ready for first-team football than others. But what, what it doesn't necessarily mean is... It doesn't give you an indication of whether they're going to go on to, to be a success later on in their career necessarily because we've had players that have come and done really well for us on loan and we've convinced ourselves that they're going to go on and have great success at football league level and it's not happened for them for whatever reason. And equally, we've seen players like Ladapo who have gone on to play at a much, much higher level and that we, no doubt we'd kill to have back right now. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's a funny old thing actually. I think you, you probably don't see this as much in in you know if, if teams in the actual kind of football league pyramid, but it is a real non-league thing. I think of you know seeing these players and and seeing how they are, and then just almost monitoring their career and and seeing what happens really because some it really does go well. There's kind of three kind of outcomes, I guess. They some of them just drop, you know, really low, and you know they, they were never really good enough. Some of them really go on and have played, as you say, right up at the highest standard. And other ones, um, you know, just kind of end up in the conference um, at pretty much the level at which they joined us on loan. So it really is a lottery, um, which is why load signings are, uh, yeah, A, exciting, but B, a massive risk. Uh, but we, we seem to have done all right with them in recent time, which is uh, which is a real positive. And, and obviously, as you say, with Spazov and and Napa looking really good and, and shot in and players like that, you're like, that's good signs because sometimes they can look completely out of their depth and it, it is a worry when that happens. I've just realised that there is one name that I absolutely should mention and I can't believe I've forgotten him. But I, I'll admit that my research for this involved looking back through goal scorers from past seasons, which is why I've missed this guy off. Um, but he was a player of the season for us and that's Nathan Baxter. Yeah, very good. Been on the bench for Chelsea relatively recently as well, I think, in the League Cup game. And he hasn't been loaned out as far as I know. So I think he is their number... Well, it's changed now because Chelsea got Mendy in. But um, he's right up there. And that's brilliant for him. It's good to see him going on and... um, yeah, and, and playing at that level. Actually, another one, actually, now you mention it, of players that maybe weren't forwards, as that's kind of the direction we're in. Terrell Thomas was, was a really mm. good one. It's been nice to see him go on and, and play at a, quite a high level as well and, and hold his own, which was, yeah, he was a, he was a really good player. Technically, this kind of new centre-back that can actually play football um, and doesn't just kind of like whack the ball away and, and that's it. So he was, yeah, another one to look back on fondly. Mm. Uh, you never know. Might come back one day. I think we could probably keep talking about this for some time. So let's wrap up here and you can let us know your favourite former loan players on Twitter. Uh, Jacob, where can they find you? Uh, yep, on Everything Woke in SC, which is just at Everything WSC uh, or my personal account, which is jgreenwood91. And you can find me at glennh1292. But until next time, thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon. <laughs>